Hey guys, thank you for checking out this episode of the podcast. I am covering with my partner, Corey Webster here, UFC 246, McGregor vs. Cerrone. Coming up this weekend, I uh, hope you have the time to check out the pod before the event start. Um, throw this out there for you guys too. Appreciate everybody who has took the time to like, comment, subscribe, and listen to the pod. I'm now on Apple Podcasts. The pod continues to grow. Um, and also something that is very cool, you can say, thanks, uh, you can say, hey Alexa, I mean say, Alexa, play the Brave Way podcast, it shows up, you can have, if you have a Google Home, ask your Google the same thing, hey Google, play the Brave Way podcast, and it plays, I found that out today, makes me feel so good, people are taking the time to uh, listen, like I tell people, you have a voice, Share it. So I hope you enjoy the pod. Uh, like I said, we go to UFC 246. We kind of highlight some stuff at the very end of the pod about what we expect for 2020. Um, thanks for listening. Surprise, surprise. The king, if you want to call him that, is back. Conor McGregor fights this weekend against Donald Cowboy Cerrone. I brought back up. Previous guest of mine, good friend Corey Webster here to break down this fight card. And if time allots, we're going to also talk about some other events that are coming up in 2020. But starting off with this, uh, Kevin, what is your take on the layoff that Connor has? Maybe some of the uh, stuff that happened that he was all, it's all alleged he wasn't convicted of anything leading up to his 15-month layoff returning to the UFC. What's good, man? Thanks for having me again. Uh, always glad to talk about mixed martial arts. Uh, super excited for this fight, man. Um, Connor and Cowboy, that's that's a fan's fight. Um, with Connor, man, yeah, he's been through a lot. You know, I think a lot of people run with the narrative that he hasn't, you know, won a fight in, in three years, which, I mean, on paper, yeah. But he's really only had one MMA fight, and that was against, you know, Habib Nurmagomedov. Before that, his last fight was winning the belt against Eddie Alvarez in 2016. But, you know, he had that that stint with Floyd Mayweather, you know, and, and doing all the stuff he's got going on. But, yeah, I think I think he's he's been through a lot, man, and it's hard to feel sorry for him. A lot of it's self-inflicted. But, uh, you know, just like with anything – and like, like he even said, time time will tell all, you know. You can't really hide from the truth. I mean, you can maybe pay for it sometimes, but uh, I'm, yeah. I'm glad he's back, man. I'm glad he's back. Uh, he seems he seems different. Um, and a lot of media has been saying that, and he, he kind of doesn't like it. He's like, I'm the, I'm the same guy, you know. I'm just, you know, I've been through through a lot. I've matured a little bit, but. Uh, he just he seems focused. He seems determined, and we're gonna find out on Saturday. I would have to. I would. I would think he. I feel he is different. By, um, I know you watch more of the pressers and stuff than I have. I did catch some of the most recent one today. Connor seems different to me, and the reason why I think he seems different is. 
maturity could be one thing, uh, but I, I really think he realizes what's at stake at this point. If you really look at Connor's career, uh, in big like let's say more recently, 16 to current, in big time events, Connor has only won two of them when the lights were on. Because, you know, he, of course, he fell short against Mayweather, which is that who who should care. Not not many people because it wasn't in MMA, but they are. He lost to Nate the first time after was preparing for, you know, a world title fight. Yes, it's a different opponent. But I think when you're at this level of the game, you should be able to adjust with whoever you're fighting. Um, and then Eddie Alvarez, I'm not even surprised what happened to Eddie happened to him. I know a lot of people are. But if you watched Eddie Alvarez's career, because a lot of people are looking at that as the pinnacle, that was Conor McGregor in his prime. If you watched Eddie fight, uh, man, he wasn't ready for that fight. Well, he Eddie may have not been ready for that fight, but Eddie has. When he, if you watched him fight in Bellator, you watched him fight in Dream, and you see what happened to him in one when he got knocked out by that that uh, Timothy guy. People don't really man, that happens to Eddie all the time. And the difference is, is that he's he's just hard to put away. He doesn't have a good chin. And it, I, I, it is like, okay, yes, he's world champion and multiple organizations has climbed the mountain each time. One is the only one he has had the title to yet. Um, and he may get it, he may not get it. He's also past his prime. Eddie always catches himself, and he has to come back to win. He's been knocked down more than he's knocked people down. Even if he's knocked them out, He's still been knocked down more than he's knocked people down, um, even in the same too. fight. So, Connor put on a show on that fight, and so people was like, "Okay, the sky's the limit for him." <clears throat> he slips off the pill, and then here we are now. And I think that he he he's saying the right things in regards to Donald, but I really think he believes. And I think Dana White knows it too. I know a lot of people feel the same way. And there's a lot of people who don't as well. That Donald was set up to take this L. And I I disagree, man. You know, take a dive. But if you want to give Connor a marquee name and the most winnable fight that you can, you give him Cowboy. Well, with the whole Eddie, I do want to say before he took that L to Habib, and I'm strictly speaking MMA, I'm not including the Floyd thing, he did win 17 of his previous 18 MMA fights. And all of them were by KO, except one. So, Connor, a lot of people think, you know, in my opinion, a lot of people think that, you know, Connor's just this, this big mouth, this moneymaker. He literally will fight anyone anytime. And I think that is more true now than ever. Like, if it's true what he's saying, coming back 2020, you know, fight three, four times, whatever weight, I can't wait for it, man. I'm so excited. But I do think, and Cowboy even kind of expressed it a little bit. Actually, he was on first take uh, yesterday, I believe. And then uh, I heard him talking a little bit at the presser and uh, a little side interview. And he's he was kind of testy, man. Even even like the Stephen A, because 
the media is like not even really giving him a chance. And then on top of that, you know, there was the whole thing like, hey, you were paid to take a dot. Man, Cowboy ain't doing that crap, man. So don't look past Cowboy. I, uh, hold on, give me one second here. And I think it's interesting that this fight is at 170. I know that Connor has said multiple times that, because a lot of people ask why, why Cowboy, you know? And he said, basically, he put it in UFC hands. He said there was a list of names. He said, you know what, UFC, go ahead and pick one. And, you know, they had that. Back in 2015, you know, that press conference, they had that little tiff and, um, you know, the, the bout's kind of been in the works for a while. So I'm glad it's happening. But the fact that Connor decided to have it at 170, it tells me a couple things. One, I think he wants Donald at his best because at 155, Donald's got a cut a little. Donald Cerrone's a big dude, man. I mean, he's 6'1". He probably walks around 185 at least. Like, I don't think he gets so that he's heavy. Even got cut weight. I don't know, man. I know he's. I know he's got a cut weight to make one seventy. I know that, but he's six one. But the fact that Connor wanted it at one hundred and seventy pounds tells me one thing: he wanted the best Cerrone, which he wants to put on a show. And two, I think he's priming himself to step in to this Habib Ferguson fight that has tried to happen four times now but we'll see what happens with that I don't know yeah I will and I, I'll go ahead and throw this out here Calvert believes that I'm a McGregor hater and uh, so what I'm about to say now may sound like hate but it's the facts that I, I see that I have to lay out in front <clears throat> on how I feel about the these fights right so the fights he had in Cage Warriors I don't care about Beating Dennis Seaver, I don't care. Beating Chad Mendez off of a fishing boat, you know, on two weeks' notice when Frankie got the call first and the camp denied Frankie the fight because they probably knew he was going to be ready. They gave him, eh. He got Aldo in 13 seconds. That is what it is. He should have ran it back with Aldo, I believe. If you could do it once, you probably should be able to do it twice. I know it was hard to replicate 13 seconds twice. But give Aldo his shot. And I thought he lost to Nate the second time they fought after Nate submitted him the first time. The only the only one out of the recent more recent fight, because he caught I mean, in fairness, Dustin and him were both growing up at the time. If they fought again now, that fight'll easily be different. Max Holloway and Connor, if they fought now, the fight would easily be different. Um, compared to what it was when they were both young kids growing up in the game. The only one that's like legit that he put in the cold work to me and got was Eddie Alvarez. Now, it is what it is because, I mean, you look at fight the people that are put in front of you at a certain amount of time, but that's what happens. But so on the on the uh, Cowboy front, the I think that is a that is an interesting thing. Because most people think that Cowboy was set up to lose because, like you said, you had the list of names in front of him. I would have preferred to watch him fight Justin Gaethje. That's just me. Um, and so they put Cowboy in front of him and was like, hey, let's go. And I think it – the thing is, I will say this too. I didn't realize 
that cowboy is that's not significant. Like when you see him side by side, it's not a bunch. But I didn't realize that cowboy was taller than Connor, where you would notice it. He's four inches taller than Connor. And uh well, probably because of the beard, the fluff, all that other stuff, it looks a little bit like they're clo- <laughs> like they're closer in height. No, I, but I just mean on paper, Connor McGregor is five foot nine and Donald Cerrone is six one. So But but what's interesting is Connor actually has an inch reach advantage. Oh yeah. I, I, oh yeah, I knew that Cowboys kind of not weird shape. It's kind of hard to describe, but I Connor has really long arms for his frame. Yeah, he does. So I knew that Connor probably had to reach. What is interesting, though, of the note, like you said, the uh, all the knockouts that Connor has, the only person he decision was Max. Max was also taller than Connor, and <clears throat> Nate obviously was also taller than Connor. So. The prediction of me thinking of Cowboy getting knocked out is slowly dwindling away because Connor has definitely probably had the reach advantage over all of his opponents he's fought. Um, except for especially at one fifty five. Yeah. Oh, and, and definitely forty five. And one forty five. Yeah. yeah. Over Nate. I mean, besides like Nate and Max, he probably had a reach advantage over all his opponents. And so because of that, he couldn't – I don't know if like use your range is kind of weird because like, even though he has that one-inch reach difference, with the height, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be different. The thing is Cowboy kind of does stay straight and it you know catches him in the chin a whole lot more. Uh you know, when the people throw those linear shots at him. But Cowboy's going to stay in his face the whole time. The thing is, I don't think Cowboy will be able to take Connor down either. Um, Cowboy's, which is interesting, uh, Luke Thomas, uh, if you guys check out his pod, as well, he did his dissection on Dissected, he brought down how Cowboy, all of his takedowns happen in the middle of the octagon when he goes for him. He doesn't go for him along the cage like most fighters do when they go for the takedowns. Um, but like I mean, like it's not like Cowboy got this mean blast double he could pull out of nowhere to to get the right, job that's, done. That's what I'm saying too. Like everybody's, yes, he has a black belt in jujitsu, but that's not. There's so much more to it than, like he's saying, you can't you can't just walk in there and just take a dude down and submit him. That's not how it works. And though I don't have a lot to point to, I personally feel like Connor's takedown defense is a lot better than people think. I I don't know. Like I said, I can't, there's not a whole lot to point to. I can't really give you the evidence to, <laughs> to why, but especially at the, the start of the Khabib fight, which we all knew it was coming, so did he. But And just other transitions that I've seen him in, I just I feel like it's a lot better than people think it is. And I think Cowboy knows that too. So the fact that – I think it, what it's going to come down to is, is – not which Connor shows up, but which Cowboy. If the, the the Cowboy that's a fighter shows up and wants to stand there and, and bang and throw hands and, and prove something, he's going to lose. But if he goes in there to win the fight and does what he needs to do to win the fight, I think he's got a lot better chance than people that give it him. Well, so the thing 
like you said, so, okay, going back to Connor's takedown defense, right? So if you look at the list of the fighters he fought um, in the UFC, rather, like Chad Mendez, he's not, first of all, Cowboy's not Chad Mendez. Chad Mendez took Connor down at oh, will. No. Now, mind you, that was in 2015. Chad Mendez, I mean, he's retired from MMA that now man. and all this other stuff. He may not be able to do it now. Um, Nate Diaz is not a takedown threat. So seeing, even though even though he goes for takedowns, he is not equipped to actually execute a bunch of chain takedowns. Um, going from the Who's single to mean? the double to the high crotch to the crackdown, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He's not. He doesn't have that for you. He has these couple in the in the clinch, a couple like little judo setups, and if they don't work, it's fine because his boxing is great. And then he puts it on you to de- decide if you want to take down, and he's happy playing on the ground. Eddie Alvarez, it's easy. You throw some hands with him, he forgets everything about wrestling and just wants to throw hands. <laughs> the length of time that Connor took before the Habib fight, I expected his takedown defense to be as good as it was. I, you, you, if Connor got taken down on the first takedown attempt, that would have been terrible for everybody. But the fact but that, Cowboy, that you do recognize it was pretty decent, being that it was against Habib. Well, if you go look at if you look at Habib's takedown ratio, he only gets like like forty. Like he doesn't even have the highest takedown percentage in the division. His is like in the low forties, like low forties, high thirties. Because well, he gets one and it's done. That's the thing. <laughs> he don't need get, more than one. If he, get, if he gets one, <laughs> it's done. The thing is, he has to get one, but. His chain wrestling is so good that he, he can fail on however many attempts he needs to to get to the one that you lose, which is something that they teach at AKA, that if you're a wrestler and you have all these, eventually somebody's not going to be able to keep up. So that's that's another thing. Like I think if I think Kevin Lee would have more success taking Connor down than Khabib did. The difference is, I don't think Kevin Lee would be able to hold Connor down like Habib did. You see what I'm saying? So, um, but anyway, so we can cover the rest of this card because, you know, Connor, he he does draw the attention. And we're going to cover some of the, you know, some of the fights, not all of them. It's a, you know, 12 14 fight card. What. Well, hold up. Before we get to Holly, what's what's your prediction? Oh, that's oh, that's where I was leading to. That's where I was leading to. Okay. My and I'm gonna tell you this, guys. I'm, I'm gonna throw this out here to you to the public. I have never picked Connor to win like since coming up to the auto. Every single fight Connor has picked, I have picked him to lose. Therefore, and he won them all. He won them all. <laughs> he won them all. Therefore, uh-huh. actually, no, he hasn't. He has not won them all because he lost to Habib and he lost to Nate. But well, I was talking about before Jose. Before yeah, before Jose. No, I'm talking about no Jose. Jose on Jose on. I always pick Connor to lose. So oh, okay. when he so the um actually yeah so like the Chad Mendes fight I didn't even give that as a real prediction because I was like Chad coming off this boat if he wins great but he probably not. So so Jose Auto on I picked Connor. To lose, I've been right twice. The other, the deceiver fights, Diego Bremdow, eh, nobody cares. I think 
Connor will lose the Cowboy Cerrone. I'm going on record and I'm going with Cowboy. And the reason why is because Connor, like I said earlier, the no nugget for the thing, Connor has not finished anybody who's been taller than him in the UFC. He's only beat them by decision. Well, <clears throat> Dustin Poirier might be taller than him too, so and eh. but people who have a significant height advantage over over Connor has not been finished by him. Cowboy gets stronger as the fights go on and therefore Cowboy wins a decision. Also, I before I do that, I wanted I meant to throw this tidbit out here too. They want everybody that focuses on Cowboy with his takedowns, right? And I know I gave my prediction that I had to bring this up here too. Cowboy is better off his back than he is on top. So, and Connor knows this. So if Connor knocks Cowboy down, he will not fall into his guard more than likely and play guard with him. If no. Cowboy gets on top, he will rain a couple strikes, but Cowboy more than likely will not submit him on top. All right. So, what is your prediction for the fight? Well, you don't have a table one. Um, I think Connor's a fast starter, and Donald struggles with that. Yep. I think Donald comes on stronger as the rounds go on. Connor, I'm sorry, Cowboy, gets stronger. Connor, especially at 170, eh, might slow down. So we're kind of tied there. I think if Cowboy wins, it's going to be because of a head kick. But, and I do want to Oh, so you there. think he'll be the first person to finish Connor? Uh, I said if. It'll be because of a head kick. But I do also want to throw out real quick that Connor has been preaching that he's been working on his boxing, particularly that he's been sitting down on his punches more. To me, he's going to his his length, which is also going to be a struggle because Donald is taller. But all that being said, I think Connor ends KO. In the third, in the I believe third. Connor gets it done. Side note to the pod that I always have to bring up, I have small children. And I have small children. I don't have a dedicated podcast space. So you may hear doors open. You may hear my children ask me random questions. So <laughs> throwing that out there, because you may have heard the door close about 45 seconds ago. That was my lovely daughter, Lavender. <laughs> But anyway, so also I would throw this out here too, you know, about this fight. Cowboy fought Donald Cerrone. I'm not talking about <laughs> that's the same person. He fought <laughs> Robbie Lawler at 170 pounds. Robbie Lawler couldn't knock him out. And that's one of the heaviest power punchers that they got there. Fought Mike Perry. Mike Perry couldn't get it done with the power either. So I don't know if Connor has the power he believes he has at 170 to get it done, but he has went five rounds at 170. But mm-hmm. we 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 will we will see. So if it goes past oh, three, I think it's a wrap. But that's my prediction. So like Calvert alluded to earlier, once again, like I tell you guys, I've known him in the services, Calvert. That's why I typically always relate to him as that. Um. The women's 
bantamweight fight. That's the co-main event. Holly Holm versus Raquel Pennington. What are your thoughts on the fight? Oh, it's interesting, man. They've they fought both. So, um, her first fight in the UFC, Holly's that is. Yep. Yep, and they've both kind of been up and down. They both fought for gold. Holly's got it. Raquel hasn't. I actually am interested to see both of them at the weigh-ins tomorrow. Um, this is a tough one for me, though. I think I think Holly's got the advantage on the feet for sure. I mean, she's got multiple boxing, kickboxing championships, but oh, it's a tough one, man. I think that what will be interesting is Raquel Pennington. Well, actually, what people don't know is this fight was also supposed to be on UFC 243 back in October. Yeah, and wasn't it in Australia? I believe she so. went all the way to Australia and then didn't get the fight. Yeah, and Raquel the fight was canceled. Yeah, yeah. And um, lots of trans all here. Uh, Holly Holm, she got K to the Ode, and her last fight. Against Amanda Nunes. Who was that? Yeah, Amanda Nunes. Yeah, she put her to sleep in the first round. In the first round. Um, and you know, right now Amanda Nunes is signified as the goat. Uh, yep. Also throwing that out here that people do not know that doesn't necessarily matter a lot is um, what it matters to her personally is. She's also been going through a divorce this entire time. So this could be doing a lot of things that affect her in regards of her fighting. She's also 38 years old, so she's getting older. Um, and she's she's involved. Like, so, I mean, Holly has a, uh, uh, evolved, rather, in her game. Um, you saw that when she fought uh, Megan Anderson before the Nunez fight, where she just took her down at will. And that's something that you would have never thought you would have seen. That that surprised me. I was going to bring that fight up. Yeah, that was surprising. Yeah. And, you know, she, you know, being able to take her down at will and have no problems with doing that, you know, it kind of means like, okay, Holly's like, okay, I don't have to just kickbox with people. Um, especially when people should go to get bigger, stronger people. Uh, Raquel is not a bigger, stronger person. Um, she's taller. And, I mean, I don't know what her walk-around weight is, but, you know, it's not body shaming. She looks like she could possibly make 25. It, it may be hard. I'm not a big oh, proponent yeah, of I weight cutting, so. so I don't know what she, like Like I said, I don't know what she walks around at. Um, But the thing with Raquel is she ended up going on a streak uh, a couple years ago that ended up getting herself to fight Amanda Nunes for the title. What a lot of people don't know is when she got to the UFC, she was a 500 fighter. So she's not, you know, women's MMA is also kind of a little bit different. It's not like she had this like great pedigree to go on. She also hasn't finished any of her UFC wins. Well, actually, no, never mind. She has, she has one submission. A rear naked choke against Jessica Andrade, who ended up fighting for the 
featherweight, I'm not featherweight, the strawweight title, ended up winning it. Um, so that kind of lets you know, like, the size disparity that's there. But she also, she Jessica Andrade also realized what I, she needed to do in regards to her nutrition and got the weight down. Um, I don't think it's really weird because I don't think Raquel Raquel doesn't have the necessary skills to be where she is in the UFC. I know it kind of sounds weird because she is in the UFC. She's beaten, uh, you know, good people and things like that. But she's not a big, she's not a submission artist. She doesn't have big knockout power. She's typically just, she's just tough and she stays there the entire time. Yeah, I, I agree, man. She's in my nothing against her, but like in my opinion, she's like a roster filler. I mean, now maybe not so much as a few years ago, but women's MMA wasn't huge, so I feel like they just kind of brought in who they could. Um, but yeah, I think that even in her title shot, I mean, we kind of knew what was going to happen, but. I agree. She could. I think she could make 125. Obviously, I'm not in her camp. I don't know what she cuts, but just like looking at her versus looking at Holly, like I feel like she definitely. Could. And Holly cuts a lot of weight too. Like she struggles every can, but yeah, she. Raquel, I mean, because like when even she falls at 45, like like besides like Megan, like Megan, she's big. She's yeah, just she really big. She's, she's over six feet tall. All this other stuff. She's big. She could. And Holly's know, only. She's five, a true world 45. She'd she never tall, make a 135. You know, Cyborg with her size. No. With Cyborg was getting out muscled by Holly Holm at 145 against the Fitz. So. And Cyborg, like, dies to make weight. Yeah, and she dies to make weight. Um, But anyway, this isn't a bash Raquel type thing. But this fight, I think it, it does a lot for Holly, as in she's not going to necessarily have to worry about the takedown, even though Raquel kind of goes for him sometimes. Except when she's Raquel freezes in fights, when she's getting completely outstruck on the feet, like what happened when she fought Amanda Nunes, she looked like she forgot how to do everything else. Now, mind you, she wouldn't have been able to get that takedown either. Maybe she should have got the take, you know, give it up to take down a little bit, you know, just go ahead and submit a call the other day. People don't understand this. Pro fighters do give up on fights. It happens. It happens in football games. It happens in whatever. Where if I was like, okay, this ain't my day. All, all of a sudden, here goes a rear naked choke, a la Conor McGregor when he dove for that takedown against Nate Diaz. I don't care what nobody said, but he didn't want to get knocked out. He knew the fight. Was oh up. yeah, I mean fighters, fighters definitely look for a way out. Even, even if like, let's say someone's getting just the break, the break speed off of them. I mean, you you might be able to save like a year or two on your career if you just kind of, you know. Say this is what it is. Let's let's on to the next. One. I, I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. No, not I've, at all. I look. I've I've had a bit of their two fights. I both of my fights ain't going my way. But I've sat there. My my last fight that I ended up doing, my back went out on me in the fight. It's no excuse. I got caught with a punch and it was over. I would have not made the second round because I could barely move with my back. I ended up. Doing a lot of stuff with my chiropractor directly after that, um, other like physical therapy things, and did train for months after that, and was offered title fights at other organizations because 
self-preservation is key. And that's what people should think about, especially when you're fighting another human being who's probably not hurt. Um, but anyway, this, so focusing more on, on this fight, uh, it's not, to me, it's not, it's not a lot to say because like, like I said, Holly got knocked out last July um, in the first round, which was kind of surprising that she got, she got finished that way. Uh, Raquel, she's coming off of a uh, a split decision win, um, also in July, um, after she had lost to Amanda Nunes and Jermaine Aranami. Um, That's a couple of tough fights. Well, now also to throw this out here is interesting as well too. Raquel missed weight for that fight, so like I said, if you look at Raquel, her physique, you think she she could drop weight. She has extra weight on her to do it. And she didn't do that. So it's like she didn't even show up really ready to fight Jermaine. And Jermaine, you got to be ready at all times. This fight here, I think Holly Holm gets it done. I don't know if Holly necessarily finishes her um, because it's three rounds. A lot of people don't know this either. Holly, in her UFC career, she has, what, two finishes, I believe? Yeah, she has two finishes against Ronda and uh, Betch Cohea. So she's not a a big finisher threat. She typically throws the same combinations and ends with a kick each time. Um, so I think Holly gets it done. Uh, she may not – she may lose a round or something like that here, but I think Holly wins and it looks relatively easy. How about you? Yeah, I agree. I think Holly gets it done by decision. Um, I think probably midway through the second round, Raquel Pennington is going to get ate up a little bit. She's going to go for a takedown. But, yeah, Holly's, what, the 140 favorite? Uh, yeah, I'd take Holly home by decision. And uh, so that's that. Is there anything else on the main card that you uh, are interested in highlighting or seeing or think will be a good fight? Well, I do – Fun fact that just because it's freaking nuts, Alexi Olenek, mm-hmm. this man has 70 MMA fights. 70, seven, zero, son. That's insane. But uh, somebody's going to sleep in that fight. And then, uh, go to, go, but look, look, so, but, but look, so you, you brought up Alexi. We say go to sleep. In which way? Because Maurice Green. Is a good submission artist. Hey, I didn't say which way. <laughs> He's a good submission artist, just as well as Alexi is, and Alexi has more. Uh, probably he got more Ezekiel choke finishes than a lot of UFC fighters even have fights. Yeah, I don't know. Man, I don't think. I think they're they're gonna cancel each other out as far as that goes. I don't think anybody's getting submitted in that fight. You think it's all hands all day? Yep, <laughs> they're gonna cancel each other out on the feet. That's just my opinion. That's gonna be Maurice Green is six seven. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's gonna be. Uh... But they got almost the same reach. That's that's crazy. Oh yeah, because that man he gets them he gets some hands around your boy. He gets that neck. It's, it's, it's about a wrap. Um, the only other fight and on the main the, card because uh, we got to cover some of the uh, not not really cover the preliminaries. Uh, once again, the fight you know throw this out here too. It's a uh, T-Mobile Arena at nine Central Time. 
Um, so look at your time zone, and then you'll see when the fight is. It's only on ESPN+. Plus. I know this is a plug. Like I work for ESPN. Maybe I will one day. But uh, it's only on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, so you have to buy it. Also, don't, you know, this is the first pay-per-view where the UFC has moved up to pricing. So it is not your normal $60 anymore. So check out what the prices is and enjoy. But you also have to have ESPN plus membership to be able to watch the fight. Uh, on the main card, I would I would just say, see, guess any Pettis will be interested. Uh, Carlos Fajeda is... As a, he's a beast, he got hands. I think they'll be doing a lot of training. Um, I think Anthony Pettis is in this weird situation to where it's like he's nobody wants to be called a gatekeeper. And I think Anthony Pettis is one at this point. And um, yeah, I think he's trying to find out where he belongs. You know, he, he had a couple of fights at 170, dropping back down. Yeah, now. 55 to 45. But he's got a, he's got a challenge in front of him, though, because. Cause that that man's yeah. on the come up, and he's not just a wrestler anymore, man. Yeah, exactly. That whole camp, that whole team is on a, on a run. I think they got like four guys in the UFC on two, three, four, five win streaks. Like they got a good camp yeah. over there. So, and I do want to say real quick about Claudia mm-hmm. Gadella and Alexa Grasso. I think that's gonna be a good fight. I like both of them, but I hope Claudia is more impressive than she was in her last fight against Marcos because I was not impressed, and a lot of people think she lost that yeah. fight. Exactly. I throw this out here as a, you know, when you pod live, some news breaks across and it just showed up that says that Conor McGregor is interested in finding Manny Pacquiao. So. Yes, he is. Apparently, actually, from what I have been told by my sources, you know, <laughs> um, Zufa Boxing is actually, and McGregor Enterprises, you know, he's got his whole whole deal. Apparently, they're trying to team up and actually sign Pacquiao and make that fight happen. So, apparently, that's like a real thing right now. I just... And McGregor, he did say that he does want and will get a boxing world championship. No, he won't, but... I mean, we'll, I'll, we'll see. I, guess, I would but... say, looking at his age, he's 31 to 32 at this point. Um, Terrence Crawford has like four of the titles. Um, Thurman, Earl Spence, Dibba's all some bad boys. In yeah, his, he, in his, he's going to have to find a weight he could get into because there's some killing him. And there. then, guess you want to go higher? You want to go best with, uh, Jesus, Dave just escaped me. Um, Oh, who's the guy that Canelo Alvarez? You want to go fight Canelo? I'm no. I mean, not. Jorge Masvidal does though. He he, he does. He wants to go six feet deep, so that's fine. Because hey, I will tell you this: what I, you know, my personal opinion. Don't know yours. I think a lot of these UFC fighters don't realize they don't have the power that they think they have because they're knocking dudes out with four ounce gloves. When you're knocking somebody to sleep yeah, it's different. with a 68-ounce glove on, now, mind you, you could use the the whole weight mechanics. The, you know, you got a pound on your hand, the velocity, all this other science stuff you want to do with it on what makes that punch 
harder. And yes, there's some truth that it does make that punch a little bit harder. The other person is wearing gloves, and nine times out of ten, it's not a clean shot that lands. It's th- through the glove, no, looping around on the side, and you're not getting a clean shot with the four-ounce glove where you can have your heads up however you want to. If I throw it at your face, I'm probably going to hit you. So I think that – I think Connor learned that when he fought Mayweather that his power wasn't as real as what it was. And I – and if you – you know, know how Mayweather was. Mayweather also knew that that nothing was going to happen because he knew he would be in the right position most of the time where Connor's range would be off. The uppercut that he landed on Floyd, if he hit it with four ounce gloves, Floyd would have been asleep because Connor wouldn't have had to worry about that extra like two or three inches of padding that got caught on Floyd's chest as he threw the uppercut. So, you know. You could spar like that's a little tidbit for you guys. You know, if you check out any of my other podcasts when I talk about like uh, what I've done with my cousin, the athletics pod, or mine in general, when you talk about like fighting, the ranges is different between a four ounce glove and a 16 ounce glove. The lift you have to do things and hit strike it all. Um, that's why, like I said, a lot of these UFC fighters who are probably good, like Stipe, probably would do fairly well because he he actually did box, it was golden gloves. Um, Jorge did a lot of backyard stuff. Obviously, he still put people to sleep, but a lot of these fighters don't know or really understand the distance management, and you're not boxing world champions nine times out of ten where you're boxing in the ring to work on your boxing. You're boxing other MMA fighters. Um, But, yeah, if Conor fights Floyd, like, if if that is something that's really set up for Conor to fight Floyd, Conor's just going out here and grabbing money. That's my opinion. Um, so if we slide to the the prelims, uh, the only thing of note that a lot of the fans may want to be interested in is Basie Barber fighting Roxanne Monteferi. Uh, Basie Barber's called out Paige Van Zandt norm- numerous times. She's probably going to call her out again if she beats Roxanne. Um, when she beats Roxanne. I don't know. So, uh, Roxanne Bonaferi, throw this out here for people that don't know, too. She just won world championships for Black Belt this past August. So, that lets you... She is nasty on the mat. She... I saw her even before the Ultimate Fighter, but a lot of people saw her on the Ultimate Fighter. I mean, she just kept winning by arm bars and submissions, man. And, like I said, she does have the experience. She's got 40 fights. Mm -hmm. and Who knows how many jiu-jitsu fights. Macy Barber's only got what, eight pro fights. Macy Barber is a truth, though, and what I think is ridiculous, maybe the most ridiculous thing on the entire card, is Macy is a 1,000 favorite. Roxanne is 650 underdog. That is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> that lets you know a couple things. It lets you know how good Macy... 1,000 yeah, it's letting you know how good Macy is. She is. She's the truth. It is also letting you know the disrespect people are having to Roxanne. I don't. I'm going to tell you. So I throw this out here. Macy Barber, she's the new age of MMA fighter that thinks they need to talk trash. Her trash talking skills suck. That's my opinion. Yeah. Um, 
So she needed to probably just, just worry about focusing on the fighting. She probably could try to say whatever she wants to to Roxanne. Roxanne's not having that. Roxanne is probably almost like 17 years older than her, too. Um, yeah, she's getting up there. Let's see here. That's how you got to prove the I think that's. I think that fight's going to go to a decision, though. Almost all of Roxanne's do. Oh, yeah. She's 37 years old. Yeah. So, like, she's so she has experienced the, the in ring presence to be able to um, understand what she's doing. Obviously, she ain't no slouch oh, yeah, on the ground. Uh, like I referred to earlier about her winning the world championships, she was also a champion in Invicta. Um, so. Oh, she was also like a karate champion too. That's kind of interesting. Um, I don't know. She's also coming off of a loss, which is also kind of weird because typically the UFC don't book fighters off losses against fighters who are winning. Um, and I think that's interesting. Also, I think they're having they had a hard time in this particular situation finding someone for for her to fight. Macy, that is. Yep. I don't well. Uh, that is true because I mean, you know, there's a lot of fighters that are looking to, like, like once again, self-preservation is a big thing. I think a lot of people decide to avoid fighters that they think will challenge them. Um, yeah, she's 16. Yeah, yeah she, the right time. Roxanne is 16 years older than her. Um, I, man, I don't. I don't know. I did see I did see Macy fight live um when she fought JJ Alderidge. Um another uh woman who is good on the ground at grappling and JJ was doing fairly well in that fight till she wasn't. Um this is also <clears throat> Macy's uh third flight fight at flyweight. Um due to obviously she's a woman, your body changes. I mean same thing with me. She's still growing, so it's it's a lot better than her for her to keep cutting down at a uh, to 115 pounds. Uh, she's finished all but one fight. Um, and I think the UFC is doing what, what they think is finish? best by because if you look at this, so JJ Alderidge and Gillian Robinson are both good grapplers, so and they're really good on the mat. Wait, which fight did Macy Barber huh? not finish? Which fight did Macy Barber not finish? I thought she she, fought, she didn't finish somebody in the uh, oh, LFA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so okay. yeah, and her UFC. So yes, so her UFC, she's finished everybody. Um, she also has it. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't want to count this. And it, so in her UFC career, she has not made it past the second round. Um, she's made it to the third round. Like a LFA fight, and then she made it to the third round in the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series, but she still finished the person she fought. Um, right. I think Roxanne's too slippery, though, for her to, to finish her. So I think it's going to go to a decision. The last time, let's see, the last time that Roxanne has been finished. Uh, Roxanne's been splitting them. So win one, lose one, win one, lose one. Yeah, last time she got finished was by Bob Hodgek and. Um, if people don't know, Barb Hodgek is also a pioneer 
in uh, women's MMA. But the last time she got finished was her in the third round of 2011. I don't think that, like you said, I don't think it'll happen again. What'll be interesting is how she, how the fight is approached. Um, Macy's going to come to look to take her head off and not really go for the takedown. Roxanne is also a brown belt in judo, so she could kind of mix it up a little bit more. Um, the worst thing that happens to a lot of these fighters is when they start spamming the takedown because they don't like what's coming out for them. So that fight will be very interesting. It's also on ESPN. Like I said, I'm giving plugs like I work for ESPN. It'll be on ESPN for free, big ESPN, and that's the uh, uh, the featured prelim fight. Um do you uh you got anything else you want to cover about that the fight? Andre Feely fight. I think the Andre Feely fight, probably the last one. Uh I think that's gonna be a good one. Yeah, him and uh Sadoy Yusuf. Um what's interesting yeah. is if people don't know this, there has been only one fighter that is ba- not necessarily both well, there's only one UFC fighter that claims the Nigerian flag that has lost. Um, and he was a light heavyweight. Can't remember his name. It's irrelevant, kind of at this point. But it's kind of interesting that since 2000, like since Kamara Usman has entered the UFC, there's only been one Nigerian fighter that has lost. So, um, and he got finished uh, after going on a little quick tear himself. Uh, so that'll be interesting. It's a good step up for uh, Yusef. His nickname is Super, like Sage Dark Northcut. If you guys remember him so that'll be like you said that'll be a good interesting fight um yeah andre touchy feely yeah that'll be that's a <laughs> that's a cold nickname he, uh, yeah he i mean they're both orthodox so he's got a little bit of reach advantage what three inches uh i think that'll be a good one uh that's i think the card as a whole is is, is pretty decent especially for the first card of, of the year usually January is not the best for UFC fights, but I mean, yeah, this is a, like I said, it's a good, um, it's a good fight card, uh, all pretty much all around. There's gonna be a lot of action packed fights. I don't think, uh, looking at the fighters that are involved, even though we didn't talk about all of them, I don't think that they will all go to the I think you'll have more finishes and decisions, um, especially on the, the prelims. Uh, we did discuss it in the early prelims, and who cares, really? Unless let me look, check this out, make sure there's JJ Aldridge, really. Uh, uh Brian Kelleher, he's not bad. Yeah, Brian Boob Kelleher, he's interesting. He always comes out there to throw hands. Uh, Justin Ledet, every time he looks up, he got a USADA suspension. So um, that'll be interesting. And then he dropped down. I think this is the second fight at light heavyweight. He was also like a pretty good boxer. Um. Just throwing that out there. So, really... He's got a six-inch reach advantage in that fight. Yeah. So, that really... Uh, that covers it. You know, we spent a whole hour covering um, this car, which is the car was warranted. Most of it was, of course, highlighting um, the uh, the whole thing with uh, Conor McGregor's return. What we're going to try to shift focus here, too, and, and kind of be brief, we may end up kind of rehashing it a little bit later, is... A couple of the upcoming UFC. We're not gonna cover the fight cards. We're gonna just cover the upcoming main events, kind of prediction. Actually, before we do that, let's do this. Who do you think? This has been done 
a couple times, a couple of different outlets. Out of the current UFC champions, who do you think loses their title in 2020? Just generally speaking, or who loses their title first? Uh, just, yeah, just generally speaking, because you can't, you know, because you may have two, three, or four, or five. So. Right. Oh, man, I don't know. Um, you know, it's going to surprise a lot of people, and it definitely goes against the grain, because I am could definitely be wrong, but I've always said for the last couple of years that this person will probably only lose to this person. So if this fight happens, which I pray to the Lord it does for the fifth time being scheduled, <laughs> if Tony Ferguson and Khabib make the walk, I think Khabib's going to lose. I I mean, I can't, I can't argue with it. It's not like the thing is, it's like we say bad choices or whatever else. It's like it's it's not because stylistically, in my opinion, Tony Ferguson is the one to beat him. The thing that's interesting, and if we go to go back to when he won the interim title, when he fought Kevin Lee, Kevin Lee was digging in Tony's ass. Now, pause, no homo. But the <laughs> the thing that's really interesting about it is. When you fight, so Tony Ferguson, if you look at his career compared to, you know, now, uh, back when he first started, he used to defend takedowns a lot and used to just throw hands with people. Like, I just had to take that throw hands because I know, you know I'm a, I was an All-American at my level with wrestling. I know I'm fine with my wrestling, whatever. I know I can defend whatever else. Then he got to the point of where when people go for takedowns, he doesn't defend them anymore because he know he's so nasty off his back. The thing that's, would be interesting with that fight. Like if that feet is if that fight is on the feet, that's a wrap. He go get Habib go oh, yeah. be carved up. And I don't care what anybody say. He go be carved all the way up. Um but when it comes to on the ground, that's what's interesting because if everybody eventually gets tired, I don't care who you are. But if you keep letting Habib take you down and Habib gets the half guard or because he's probably not going to mount you or get to the crucifix position where he can just oh, rain out, you know, punch on you. You can't really defend yourself the whole time. That'll be a wrap. But, like, if you watch, like I said, the Kevin Lee fight with him, Kevin Lee got mount really easy. And I, he, I think he mounted him like two or three times in that fight before he got caught with the triangle. So if that fight happens, it is what it is. So I, I, ain't, got, I ain't got nothing. I'm not gonna say, like I said, it ain't. First of all, it ain't a trash prediction because them two dudes is, is they both raw. But yeah, that's that's my bold yeah. prediction for the year. If they make, if they make the walk, twenty seventh opponent, they'll be the one to do it. Mm, I can, so, so who's, like who's I said, your champion that you think is gonna fall? Henry Cejudo. That's not even close. <laughs> to me, I don't even know when he's fighting. See, the thing is, I don't know when he's fighting either. And I know, I think the Habib fight is the first title defense um, of this calendar year overall for all the champions. 
Henry Cejudo. Uh, I mean, John Jones fights, but he ain't losing that. And then uh, I, I don't know. See, people keep sleeping on Dominic Reyes. Like you had, I think the UFC learned, uh, like from the Holly Holm fight, or I'm sorry, Amanda Nunes, when. Ronda Rousey was coming back. All they did was Ronda's coming back, Ronda's coming back, Ronda's coming back, and they would never talk about Amanda. And Amanda finished her. She became your champion, and then you didn't know well, that she was already a champion, but you didn't have anywhere else to go with her. That's why she kind of like, until Cyborg, she never got that big bump like she should have got. Dominic Reyes, they're using him right now. Like, if you go to on – well, it depends on how the ads pop up for you. But, like, right now, OESP, Dominic Reyes is the featured Toyo Tires ad guy. Um, and oh, they yeah, use I see him in the commercials. Yeah, and they got him in the commercials on the TV. And this was as he was on the way up because the UFC realized he might be something. And they had more faith in him than Johnny Walker, which is what a lot of people – thought was going to be the guy. And I thought if Johnny Walker goes out there and fights John Jones, he's going to get finished because you try that flashy stuff, you would just be looking up at some lights and see how, fa- how fast they flash. But, uh, but like Henry, like Henry wants to fight Aldo. Um, I thought Aldo beat Marlon Marais. Uh It's up to whoever thought who, who beat who. That's who he wants to fight, but I don't think... Yeah, that was a close fight. Yeah, I just don't think that Henry is designed... To be a 135er. Uh, so that's that. Like Joseph Benavidez is about to fight. Uh, oh man, his name just slipped my mind too. Um, for the vacant flyweight title. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Stevens? Is that Stevens? I don't feel like looking it up. A couple other huh? fights, title fights before, uh, a couple other title fights before the Khabib is. Uh... Zhang Wei Li fighting Yawana. And uh, Robert Whitaker was supposed to defend his belt against Jared Cannonier, but as I'm sure you already know. Well, Robert didn't have the title anyway. So you forget you forgot he got knocked out by Israel, didn't you? A title. What'd you say? Yo. Yeah, I can, hear okay, now. can you hear me? Okay, I don't know what the heck just happened. Sorry about that. But, but no, uh, well, like, uh, well, yeah, Robert. I mean, he didn't have the title anyway. He lost to, he got put to sleep by Israel. So, um, so oh, that, I mean, right. yeah, that wasn't that wasn't one. Uh, like, so, like, this thing is like, I think, like, Alexander Volkanovsky, I think he'll ha- have the title a little bit longer. Um, depending on how his matchups are set up next, because I think. His wrestling is so good, and the fact that he didn't really go for it when he fought Max the first time, that gives him room to do it the next time they fight. Uh, uh, yeah, I think they got to run it back just because just because Max was was there. For well, so see, long. Uh, Max is smart. Max has said he didn't want that to be his next fight. Yeah, he did. Say so that, yep. that gives him time to get some more film on uh, Volkanovski and see how he does with stuff. Um, Talk about humble yeah. and defeat. And uh, Stipe, DC probably ain't happening. DC probably just going to – like, I don't think – I I think DC is just going to hang it up. I think he's just going to have to end on that loss because I I really think Stipe is – he's 
injured. It's not, I'm not denying that this man is injured, but I really think that he's going to take as long as he can to recover before doing that fight again. And like, depending on, of course, how fights line up, like how the, the John Jones fights and everything else lines up, you know, July is their big fight, the International Fight Week um, type situation. But um, I think Henry Cejudo will be the first one to lose the title. I think Wang, Wang J. Lee, or have you say her name, I just messed it up. I think she'll get it done. I was watching her on the come up. Um, I like what I saw from Yoana, her last fight. But I don't think it's um, – I don't think it's enough. Yeah, I don't no, think it's enough anymore. The, the, the strength. Not for – because uh, she's a beast. Yeah, yeah. At the top of that, at the top of that strawweight division. I mean, it's like uh, if uh, Tatiana Suarez can get healthy, I think she'll be the one who just reigns over for a long time because of how good her wrestling is. Um, yeah, she's not. But if she's down. like, but if, that's if she stays healthy. If she can't stay healthy, then I mean, I think it's like it is what it is. Um. So looking at. Da, da, da. And like Kamaru, he's gonna have that belt for a long time. Uh, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know who's gonna beat Kamaru. So, well, I I gotta give props to Colby Covington because I had the same mindset that you just said. Kamaru's too big. I didn't think anyone was gonna touch him, and Colby put them hands on him. But I do want to say, and we can even close with this because I want to get your opinions. You said who's going to beat him. Whether it's his next fight or not, I think it's going to happen. But what do you think is next for game bread, Jorge Masvidal? Um, I think I think Jorge was – I think Jorge purposely is waiting – well, I think Kamara actually had surgery, but I think Jorge is purposely waiting to see how this fight works between Connor and Cowboy. If Connor wins, I think they set it up. If – Carter loses, I think Jorge knocks on that door about fighting Kamaru. So I really think that how that how so you, you that don't works. think uh, so you don't think if if Connor loses that he would want to, which he he's even said that he will run it back with Nate, but he said he's not waiting on him, and we know how Nate is, so I don't really know if that's gonna happen. And he did say, I actually saw him in an interview today, uh, Jorge Masvidal, that is, um, that he would actually prefer the Conor fight over Kamara Usman for the title just because, you know, where he's at in his career. He's trying to get that money. And uh, they actually asked him, you know, how much longer are you going to do this? And he put a hard date on it. He said three more years and he's done. So he's going to be chasing that money for sure. Yeah, see, but that's the thing is, I think if he loses, like, I think a lot of things change with Connor if Connor loses the Cowboy, especially if Cowboy finishes him. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think that. That changes a lot for a yeah, lot of people. I think that erases a lot of things because, like, you can't be. The reason why Connor, you know, got his. The whole thing with the Mystic Mac and stuff is because he was predicting when he was finishing people and he was doing it. When you yep. lose that illusion, you know, it kind of, like I said, in big fights, he's only won, you know, the day one was kind of surprised. So the first day one was kind of surprised. But if you go 
So if you count the second date fight, which everybody was looking for, he's only got two wins in marquee moments. Another two he's lost. And it was like, you can't have that. And then like, that's when people said, well, that's two and two. And then that's when they throw the other date fight in. They were like, okay, well, he's two and three once he made his stardom. But, you know, you can't have that. Um, so I think it changes how, like you said, the projections for everybody. If Connor loses this fight to Cowboy, especially if he's finished, if it's, you know, they throw in hands for five rounds and then, you know, it's kind of like, oh, I thought Cowboy won. Oh, I thought Connor won. And then the refs decide, I'm not a ref, but the judges decide how to judge it. I think the fight looks a whole lot better and it is what it is. If that's not the case. Yeah, the optics matter. Yeah. For sure. If, if that's not the case, if it's like, you know, I, I don't know. Because I, I, that's the thing. It's like, Kamara don't have nobody next because that's the thing. I like the I like the grind to the top, but I don't like the grind to the top because after you get there, you're like, I fought everybody and everything else is rematches. Exactly. So, I, I want to see... I, I honestly would like to see Jorge fight Usman, but I also want to see a focused, not scared, and ready Tyron Woodley <laughs> fight Kamar Usman again. I know that's right. Because that man was just uh, – call it scared, call it what you will. He did not want to be in there. I'll tell you this. I got to agree with some of them sentiments. I think the thing that's the most interesting is that Connor – Tyron – he set himself up for failure because of how he how he started to fight once he won the title. And I think that's what, what – when you win that title, you're getting that money. That changes a lot of things for you. And if you notice, Tyron stopped fighting in the middle of the cage. He didn't necessarily was going for takedowns and stuff like that. He knew they were always in the bag. But he would more or less circle, throw his overhand. Maybe he may go for a takedown here or there. But he would not put his back against the fence. He started doing that. That way he could blitz forward on people. And, like, when I saw him fought Darren Till, I was like, there it is. He ain't going to be scared no more. And he, he, I, you know, you scared as a loose term, but, you know, he's going to march forward. He's going to try to impose his will and get the job done. When he fought Kamara, as soon as he came out with that fight with Kamara, and he started moving his back against the fence, I said, Kamara was going to take him down at will, and he's going to be stuck. He's not going to get up. And it's going to happen the entire fight, and that's exactly what happened. Once I saw, like, I had my homeboys come over to watch that fight, um, and they fell asleep, and I ain't even mad at oh, them. Wow. I was almost there myself, and it's like <laughs> I appreciate everything, but it's like you know when you hype up a fight so much for like what you think they're going to do, and then they don't do it, it's kind of you know. What it, and it, like Tyron, I don't know if you saw an interview he did uh, where he was answering fan questions, and he was like, that fight wasn't impressive at all because if I would have hit Kobe Covington in his jaw, he he wouldn't have been able to finish it all, you know, five rounds or, you know, almost all five rounds and all this other stuff. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not true. And he might be Maybe right. Kobe would have put the paws on you and then you would have wilted because you ain't got the conditioning. I don't know. But I fo- yeah, I don't know. A focused Tyron would be very interesting. Um, I think I think something that might describe a little better what you were describing when Tyron changed his fighting. 
I think something a lot of champions do. They start fighting not to lose. Yeah. So I think I think a Tyron Woodley now, a focused one, not worrying about his rap songs and and going in the cage without the belt. I think it might be a totally different fight, but the world may never. Yeah, because yeah, the I definitely believe that the hunger uh, will reemerge. And and Tyron's been offered a few fights, and I think he does have one coming up. It's not on his wiki page right now, but um, I know he had a couple that ended up being turned down. If um, in the interest of time, do you have a few a few more moments with us? Yeah, what you got? All right, I just lost it. Okay, so we'll try to run this as quick as possible for you. Um, so at the end of this month, we have Curtis Blaze versus Junior Dos Santos uh, for uh, fight night. 66. How do you think that fight goes? Oof. I don't know. That one's that one's what at the end of yeah, the month? Yeah, January 25th. That's a tough one, man. They're both top five fighters in the division, I believe. Yeah. Um oh man, I don't know. They both got them hands too. You know what? What we'll do, we'll save it because this, as we might need some more to dig in some more, some insight on it. Because I was going to try to run now, like what the UFC has for the the next quarter set up, and uh, also JB's fight deficit for Figueroa. That's the person I meant to say, but it ain't it ain't it ain't fair to try to get you get to get your your take on some of these fights without being able to. Really dig deep and give them that the 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 you know the time that they deserve. So I will do this. We'll close with this. What? Who is a fighter or fighters you see? Um, you you expect big things from in twenty twenty? Hmm. I think I don't know what his schedule looks like. I don't know what the UFC has planned for him, but um, Magomed Sharapov, yep, is a monster. And I think if he, I think if he can fight maybe three times, two three times in 2020, he's going to get a title shot. I don't know if a lot of people know Zabit Magomed Sharapov. He's Russian. He's nasty. Yeah, he's a that he's a, he's definitely a nasty featherweight. Um, I do have something to add on to. Actually, with that, he he might not even need three fights because I'm pretty sure he's top three in the rankings right now. He's I know for a fact he's at least top five. What I find interesting with him is that there, so, so a couple of other the pods and stuff that I listen to have have said the things that seem to make sense. It was like if you watch the beats fights. He fades in the third round. And so the fighters so far that have seen him or have fought against him try to turn it up mid-second all the way through the third and believe that they win that second round and then win the third to win the fight. And then it hasn't worked for any of them. Um, what's inter- what's something that's interesting is like how you say to get in a title fight. I think he's – like I think if Volkanovski was like, I'm ready to go, they would throw the beat in the in the mix. 
um, what I thought was a fair point that was brought up by this guy, part of the student Luke Thomas was, he said, do you really want to throw the beat in a title fight for five rounds that may go all five rounds and you haven't seen him in a five round fight yet? So the beat doesn't, he's not like a big draw. Um, like I said, if you, you know, a lot of casuals don't know who he is. No, he, he's but not. Yeah, I think I'm a big fan just because I'm a big fan of martial arts, you know, jujitsu, wrestling, things like that. And he's he's just nasty, man. He's a tech team. Yeah. So I think that they got to give him a title. Like, they got to figure out. Or at least put him in a main event. Yeah, yeah. You got to figure out who who to throw him in there with a main event. But the thing that is, is like, okay, if you let's say you schedule for five rides, he finishes a guy in the second. That still don't show you that he got five here. Yeah, you, you'll never yeah, you know. never know about his five yeah, his five round cardio. So that might be interesting. That might be you know, depending on how everything goes with backs and you know injuries and stuff like that. That might be the that might be the role. Um, might be Zabit and Volkanovski. Uh, Next, do you have any other fighters that you're looking for? Uh, seeing what they want to do this year. Uh, I mean, we kind of talked about her a little bit. Already, but um, Macy Barber, man, I want I want to see if the hype train keeps rolling. I want to see what she can do. Yeah, that'd be interesting too. That, like I said, it all starts this weekend. Like I said, keep plugging ESPN. Like I'm working for them this weekend on ESPN Plus. <laughs> um, that, that I mean, that will be interesting. Uh, interesting fact for her for folks who are just first time listeners to the pod. She actually has on her phone. I've said in numerous interviews a time clock that she's trying to beat to be the youngest UFC champion ever. She's trying to break John Jones's record. Um, and if past this prologue in regards of how her finishing ability is and how active she is, she's probably going to uh, meet that goal. The thing that's interesting is, is where she fights at. If she fights Valentina, Valentina Shevchenko's going to beat the breaks off her. I don't care. That's my opinion. That's the, that's the thing is that the champions right now, man, it's just – it's tough. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be tough for her to get yeah, a belt. Like the only thing I can look at it is if something happens, you know, Nunez retires. I mean, she just beat Dorena Manor again. She doesn't really have any opponents. She's wiped out her division. Pretty much, there's no 145. If she retires, let's say Valentina says, "I'm good. I'm gonna move up." That way, her sister could fight because I think her sister's also top five, and it's like they're not gonna fight each other. So if 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 no. Antonia beats everybody. In front of her, it's going to be one and two, and they're never going to fight, and that's going to mess up rankings. Right. Um, so that'll be interesting. Uh, what I would do is, like I said, I'm trying to, you know, so not up and coming, a guy who's already been there, but let's see what he does now. Is I don't even know if I want to use him or not, but I'm gonna just say Francis Ngannou, and. Oh. The reason why is because, first of all, I'm a big guy. Like heavyweights, appreciate the work they do. I I say this with the I used I hate this in wrestling. So I know I know Calvin doesn't appreciate heavyweight wrestling, and I understand why. A lot of people don't don't, don't <laughs> like heavyweight jujitsu, and I understand why. It's because a lot of us are one dimensional. And if you can't get your, like, especially in jujitsu, if you can't get that certain throw that you're trying to hit or that takedown, you're not going to pull guard. So you'll be on your feet. And I'm one of them. You'll be on your feet for the entire match and then the match is over. And then you get a justice decision to go your way, you get bad. 
um, in wrestling, it's the same thing, you know. Most of the st- there's no real scrambles on the ground when you get to the ground. It's kind of this guy's bigger and stronger. He knows he's doing. You know, of course, it's different when you talk about Olympic level and and the elite at the college. But you know, high school, like middle ground collegiate wrestlers. You know, the big heavyweights. If you get taken down, you're kind of like a turtle. You know what I'm saying? It just it's just true. Um, Francis Ngannou is not well rounded. He just hits ridiculously hard, and if he hits you. You typically go to sleep. I want to see. Yeah, that's his last three opponents. Yeah, I want to see. He's fight Jared Rosenstruck at um in Columbus, Ohio. I may be going to Ohio. Me and Kevin may be able to do the pod live together. Yeah, that's the first one here in Columbus in years. They're coming back. I'm excited so, for that. And they gave you that good that good old man. And after Cody Garbrandt fighting other two, not to cover that whole car. But anyway, um. Because he's also an Ohio native. How he yeah. does against Jet Rosenstruck will be interesting because that'll be. I mean, Alistair Overeem is obviously a world class striker. Jared Rosenstruck was as well. Um, not to the level of Alistair was, but he also wasn't knocked out as many times as Alistair was either. Um, how that fight happens with the feet, that'll be his first big test to see what happens there. And if DC does stay retired, if he fights Stipe again, like, can his one dimension be enough? Because I, as bad as it was, I think they'll be in a position where Derek Lewis will have to fight him again. I don't think that fight will go the same way as it did that terrible like two years ago. Um, yeah, I don't think so either. But can Fr- like is Francis going to be the guy that people put play the UFC with just because he has a hundred hit power and it go for the knockout, but. You know, and because he's so strong, his that's the reason why his takedown defense works versus he's technical. Or will he be able to show I want to see something else from him if his power fails him, you know, if his technique doesn't look like it's as crisp. And like I said, when he fights Jerry Rosenstruck, um another person from well, we're all from Africa, but another person that uh, uh, he's a, a Sanglinese, I believe, and I might be saying it wrong too. He may be uh, from a different place, uh, a different country, but has that background, has the struggle, and see how it gets it done uh, with that. Um, <laughs> quickly, I want to see JB finally get his title um, at 125 if that does happen for him. Um, and if he goes on to this, this uh, big long reign. Uh, and then just the the continued uh, reemergence of the two hundred to five pound division with the Dominic Reyes and the Anthony Smiths. Even though these guys fought at one eighty five, um, new fresher blood uh, like Jarek or Jarek is one eighty five for now, but people coming up to refill the division that used to be the marquee division for the UFC um, and see if John still got it. Um, it's the same. It's really, it's the same thing for 185 and 205. The new talent that's coming up. Can, is, is Israel Adesanya real? We'll see all that. Um, that's pretty much what I have. And hopefully recap at the end of uh, twenty. With this, do you have any closing remarks? Anything else you would like to say? 
Uh, I think with the Francis Ngannou thing, he's, I mean, his last three fights against Junior Dos Santos, Cain Velasquez, Curtis Blades, all big names, all first-round knockouts. His last three fights combined was less than, like, two and a half minutes, which is ridiculous. So, But he's got a big test coming up in Columbus. A lot of big fights coming up. It's going to be a good year in 2020. Great, great fight coming up this weekend on ESPN+. Plus. So, I'm excited. Yeah, buddy. And you know what? I'll throw this out here. I'm also probably throw this on the entry before people jump into the pod. I want to take the time to thank each and every one of you all who had like, comment, subscribe, share the podcast around. You know, as the pod is keep growing, uh, depending on if you follow me on social media platforms or not, I'm now on Apple Podcasts, um, the platform that I use for my podcast, Anchor FM. They can distribute your pod to these different organizations, but a lot of people don't know. You kind of can't just throw a pod on a lot of these places. They will not play them for you. Um, you have to have some backing, have to have some proof, some analytics that show it's worth covering on there. And uh, I am now on that platform as well as like Spotify, Radio Public, Google Pods, and things like that. It's something else. That was very interesting to me that I found out today um, that I'm not really an excitable guy. I got really excited about if you have a Google at home, and I'm sure it's the same thing if you have Alexa. With my Google at home, I went up to my Google home today and said, hey, Google, play the Brave Way podcast. And it played. So, Oh, that's what's up. So, yeah, now... So think about that. All these hundreds and thousands of podcasts out there, if you were to say, which is another reason why I changed the name of the pod because I had too many words. I wanted to make it a lot simpler for everybody else. Um, but just those three words, if you have a Google Home or if you have an Alexa and you say, you know, Alexa or Hey Google, and you say, play the Brave Way podcast, it will play the most recent one for you. So listening to my pod continues to be easier. God is good, and uh, we are going to keep pushing forward in 2020. So once again, thank you all for checking out the pod. We're starting off 2020 strong here, and this is how you become legendary and greatness is earned. Hey guys, thank you for checking out this episode of the Brave Way Podcast. This Brave Way Podcast is brought to you by the Vance Watch Group. The Vance Watch Group is a one-stop shop that you need to go for your watches and your eyewear. Uh, you can check them out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the Vance Watch Group. Free shipping here in the United States. And also use the promo code Victor. Whiskey Golf Lavelle, that's VWG Lavelle, to save an additional 10% off your order. Also, the pod is also brought to you by Nutrition Factory. Nutrition Factory has all of your workout supplements for the low. They also have apparel, nice shirts, shaker cups for you. Um, and they're also willing to add inventory that they believe the people want. So go ahead. Find uh, a product that you may buy from your local GNC, Vitamin World, whatever. Send the folks at Nutrition Factory a link 
or a link of it and say this is the product you want, they may be able to get it from that vendor directly and you are able to get it cheaper. For all the listeners around the world, it seems, if you live outside of the state of Tennessee, because we want right now the Nutrition Factory is only in Tennessee in multiple different locations, we want to make sure that you receive some of the same great savings as well. So if you use the promo code LaBelle, that's right, my name LaBelle, you will also get free shipping throughout the United States. So therefore, you live in Arkansas, you see that we got the product that you need, go ahead and order it, use my name, you get free shipping. It's Nutrition Factory with a K and check them out, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and they got what you need. 